Hi, welcome to the podcast today, which yet again, Alex will not be on. I was hoping to get her one day um, to do a wedding preview. The reality is that just was not going to happen. Um, she's got a busy week. I have, uh, she only worked two days this week, yesterday and Monday. Um, I believe she's off now for, for the next couple of weeks, what I'm calling a wedding-cation. Uh, she's got some friends in town, um, so she'll be doing things around the area with them after the wedding on Saturday, and thank God. So I, I, I the last wedding I went to was my um, former boss, current friend, um, his wedding, August, July or August of 2016. No, 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 no. Um, I did go to his. I missed the ceremony, but I went to the party. The irony is he was my boss at the old, at KISS. I couldn't go to the ceremony because I had a remote, which was uh, the street party for the art museum. So I did that, went home, put on normal people clothing for a wedding, and then went to the party afterwards. Uh, I did go to, you know, Josh the Engineer, uh, the other half of my, my best friend duo with Alex, went to his wedding at the zoo. When was that? April or April or so of 2018. I don't go to weddings much. I'm not one of these people that you are or know, and they just have wedding after wedding after wedding lined up in the spring and fall. I do think I'll look okay. I'm very pleased with the clothes I was able to purchase, and I think I'm going to go sans tie. I do have a black tie that I can slap on there. Maybe I'll stop at my friend's, my friend Matt's house um, before I get at, at my old building downtown, before I head over to the Metro Park Pavilion to see if the tie will work. I've confirmed that Megan is, uh, is good to go. I'll pick her up a little bit before 4 o'clock, which, holy shit. Me not knowing weddings, I figured it was at night. I said, Alex, what time you want, want, want me there at? She said, well, I'm getting married at 4.30. Oh, oh, that tightens up my day quite a bit because I might not get home from downtown from the out of the darkness walk till a little afternoon. All right, not that I had stuff to do anyway, but all right, good. Also, a um, couple things to get to, but this podcast will end with some audio from a couple of years ago with our friend who's now no longer here, Jeffy McGee. Uh, one of his segments that was on TMR 2.0, the morning reboot, Floyd and I. Um, I'm glad I was able to find it. I thought I had some archived in one of our uh, drives here at work. I think I deleted all the old show stuff. Thankfully, uh, this is a reminder if if you ever send anything electronically, it's out there somewhere. Um, and I was able to find some stuff, some stuff even from when I and we first began here at Cumulus, which in three weeks will now have been five years ago. Sometime this year, I crossed the mark of having been at Cumulus longer than I was at iHeart. Wow. So Jeff stuff, you can hear his gleeful, jovial, energetic bright shining voice and a segment with him and Floyd and myself uh, after we do things here. What did I want to get to today? I'm obviously ecstatic. Uh, I wish I could dig up a, a tweet or so saying, told you so, knew this was going to happen. 
Yesterday after the podcast, as the radio show was winding down, uh, a tweet came out from Ryan Reynolds um, letting us know that Hugh Jackman will come back as Wolverine for Deadpool 3. Who had, which I, I figured, they, they just had too much going on. And, and people, it's very hard to say no to money, especially like when it's Disney money and they can write a big check with a lot of zeros. Um, and, and Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds, like they that, that relationship is one that we should all hope to have. So I am not surprised. I did not have money on the way. Look, these are all rumors and guesses and speculation at this point when this movie comes out in about like 102 weeks or whatever that might be, two years from now. It might be the thing that ties the entire Marvel verse together, like how we get X Men and mutants and younger heroes and all this stuff. Because you can do that with the zaniness of Deadpool. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, and again, I always felt that the, the Deadpool, Hugh wasn't going to go away without, even if it was just like a 30-second cameo in a Deadpool movie. And maybe that's all this will be. Maybe it's all excitement for nothing. All right, let's jump ahead so I'm not boring you with nerdy stuff like that. I uh, th- There has not been many local things to talk about lately. The Waterville thing came back around yesterday. Um... I did see this today. It's a uh, second thing in the Blade News slide. Innovation. ProMedica Summit explores behavior modification as next frontier in, in medicine. And to be honest, I didn't read this whole article. In fact, I I just read like a couple of paragraphs. And I'll give you some excerpts. And I'll explain why I didn't go on. The ProMedica site is piloting technology developed by Colum- a Columbus-based place that allows patients to open the app and do their prescribed exercises in front of their cell phone or computer while the screen remotely captures a number of reps, range, motion, and animates the motion. It feels like a clinically sophisticated video game, and that's the goal. Many physical therapy patients fail to progress as quickly as they could because they don't keep up with their homework. And I'm going to leave it at that. So, one, uh, not that this is science from the 23rd century, but credit to ProMedica, who is often a punching bag. And when you get to be so big, um, you will have detractors. Uh, But credit to ProMedica. They're probably not the only ones doing this, but I'm glad that they are. Um, And it made me think of something else. And there's actually one other quote in here I wanted to grab. Mm -mm. Ah, what was stressed at the summit is that the vast majority of healthcare innovations aren't of the earth-shaking variety, such as life-saving pharmaceutical or breakthrough imaging technology. One thousand percent. I will try to keep this from getting too clunky or too wordy because I could literally go on and on and on as I kind of did in the Facebook post today. And I want to apologize if you see my content in multiple places And I also thank you for seeing my content in multiple places. Um, You know, I often say, and I am, I, I, it is serious envy and jealousy of the people who I say are, they won the genetic, they won the DNA lottery. They are genetically gifted. They are genetically affluent. Like, like Philip, who just one day decided to start lifting weights and he was very diligent about it. And he was still coming in to the studio with junk food, any normal human being, which most of us are, 
uh, would have to kick out all the nasty stuff in our diet and, and, and drill down even harder in the workouts. Philip looked at weights. And you know I love Philip dearly. He just turned 35. And he looks better than people half his age or in their 20s or whatever. He's just, he won the DNA lottery in a lot of places. Um, I love him dearly, but I am legitimately seething with envy and jealousy that I have to do what I do to remain normal looking. Uh, I always think sometimes when I get down about my workouts not um, giving me more of what I'd like, I go, well, it keeps me from being bigger and chubbier and whatever else. Although I did read a great article a couple of weeks ago on Vox, which totally reframed my workouts. Okay, so you're not achieving the goals to look like Philip or somebody like that. The the DNA lottery winners. But you know what? Feels goddamn good to have a great workout, doesn't it? Even if you're not, even if you're a little dinged up, you're a little sore, you did something. And that feels good. So, back to uh, lashing out at Philip and, and those like him. Like, I am legitimately jealous of these people. Life is easier for them. Taller, better looking people, all that stuff. The data is true. Um, now, look. I, I go back to to the caveat with all of that uh, when it comes to relationships or whatever. Looks attract. Everything else keeps you attractive. Yeah, sure. I remember hearing lots of women say uh, those those guys that look like that. I don't like them because they're 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 smug and and you know they're always looking for what's next. Not all of them. Not all of them. So again, looks attract, everything else keeps you attracted. Um, there, there is another side of the DNA lottery, the genetic lottery, which in a lot of ways, that was me knocking on metal, I have done pretty well on. I am extremely fortunate that I do not have to get constant checks for some horrific maladies. Now, I, I, I've told my doctor, I've asked him every year for the last four years, and he is as thorough as any doctor I've ever been to. Do I have to get anything shoved up my butt? Uh, do I have to get put to sleep for any kind of scopes or anything? Nope. We've pushed that back to when you're mid-40s, unless you've got some markers. There are no markers in my family for scary things that I have to get checked out. If I had a daughter or whatever... Um, there's no breast cancer genes, again, knocking on everything, uh, that we would have to be wary of. My brother, he, he's a lot like my mom. His activity is doing his car stuff and he has a pretty rigorous job. He's not working on vehicles and whatnot. And he's a little more uh, sedentary than he used to be, but he's not like me. Um, he doesn't eat as healthy as I do. He doesn't, he doesn't watch food, but he's in great health. Um, in that regard, we have won the internal genetic lottery. My dad, knock on wood, 73 years old. And unless he's not telling me and Paul anything, uh, and I don't think he is hiding anything from us, at least anything major, he just goes to doctors for checkups and makes sure everything is bending right and the temperature's right and that, like, nothing major. Cancer is not storming through my family. I do believe... My dad's mom, Grammy, Gertrude. My grandmothers had had grandmother names, Gertrude and Harriet. My dad's mom, I believe she died of a form of cancer, I think. But I also remember her maybe having some kind of dementia. But she was in like her mid-80s. Her husband, grandpa, he wanted to die long before he actually did. 
Um, I, Gr- Grammy Weisberg died in 2008. Grandpop died in 2017. 2016, he made it to 97. He had very little vision left, which is also why he wanted to die, but 97. Um, I do not have a other grandpop. He died when I was a boy. I think a heart thing. Um, his mom, oh, I'm sorry, his wife, uh, Harriet, she died in, I think, her mid-80s as well. She had smoked her entire life, like had to be her entire adult life. And I believe she died of lung cancer. But she died of it in her 80s, not in her 60s, which is, I kind of, you might have heard me say this before, which is why I kind of think my mom thought she could continue to smoke and luck out like her mom did. Unfortunately, not the case. My mom died from lung cancer when she was 60 years old, 62 years old, relatively young. But there were no other markers in my mom uh, health-wise. It was lung cancer. Um, so in this way, I won the, 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 that, that DNA lottery. And the, the Prometica thing talks about preventing. Well, I'll, I'll go this route. A couple years ago, um, three, four, five years ago, I read in a sports article that we've advanced in sciences and we can rebuild pitchers' arms and we can get a guy who tears up his knee back onto the field in like less than a year. But the next frontier of getting better athletes was um, prehab instead of rehabbing an injury, a strain, whatever it may be. Let's prevent it entirely. Um, And I think that's what this ProMedica thing aims to do. Um... And I, I think we, some of us, get in the back of our head, well, science and medicine will, will save our lives. Um, you know, if, if we get a form of cancer, it's far more beatable than, than ever. Or if something else, maybe we blindly, foolishly fall back thinking the great medicinal technology and science of 2022 um, can bail us out. But what if we just, Make some behavioral adjustments in the same way that athletes were doing prehab. We can do that as well. Um, and I'll, I'll throw some examples out. Uh, actually, for the last couple of weeks, I have not had any drinks during the week. Just saving it for my thing on Saturday. I, a small step. Um, and like I should have and wanted to tell the kids from the mommy football team last week, it's an old Bill Belichick saying, take care of the little things and the big things take care of themselves. Like we want to fix big problems by diving right into them, but we can often avoid big problems and even fix the big problems by working on the little minute things. Another example, um, not necessarily a medication that would help you if you you know, ate too much and ate your, we are all very obese or a lot of us are, are, are obese and that's why cancer and heart issues get us. We eat our way into this and it's a small thing and it might sound ridiculous. I'm sure all soda is, water is better than soda, but you know what? Coke Zero is probably better than regular Coke because sugar is an overlooked thing that, that, that slays us. Another thing I was talking about, not necessarily something we ingest, Drive a little fucking slower. What does that have to do with anything? Driving slower, you're more likely you're you're more likely to not have an accident. So little things like like that, literal little behavioral changes, can help us from avoiding the maladies that will often slay us humans. Um, 
it's not on the list of common diseases because it's not a disease, but the second greatest killer of kids, adolescents, and young adults, uh, no, the, the second is suicide. The first is accidents, carelessness, recklessness, just actual accidents. Um, we think that the, the medicine and, and science can save us. Um, well, if I drink myself into a liver disease, I can hopefully get a new one. Somebody out there might go, why should we give you, and that might be true, by the way, because um, I know from uh, watching all my Chicago Med shows and whatnot, if your liver's failing, doesn't matter how you got there, they'll get you a liver. I think anyway, doesn't matter how you got to it. But there's somebody out there that will go, and and I I get this point. I used to be this, but I'll tell you how I reframed it in a second. Why the fuck are we going to give you a liver when you drank yourself into it? As opposed to someone else who it was genetic or some other horrific accident. Um, well, that person didn't ask for that drinking problem. Maybe it was circumstances of life that were completely out of that person's control. And if you walk it back a bunch of the way, maybe that person who is questioning your personal choices will will see the light. We'll see the light of how you got into those circumstances. Let me go back to the driving one. I uh, uh, There's two people. We're, we're watching Chicago Med. There's two people that need surgery, like life-saving surgery. One person, uh, because of just um, a horrific accident, was no fault of their own. Another person was in a car accident. Which one do we save first? The one, in the, the one who was in a car accident, who was driving more careless than they should have been, they're closer to death. So we got we got to save them, right? Well, they brought it on themselves. Hold on there, Mr. or Mrs. They made their choice. You don't know their circumstances. Um, I always try to give latitude to people who are racing around on the roads. Now, maybe they just like the speed, but maybe they speed because they're going to be late for work. Well, Mr. or Mrs. Personal Choice will say, well, they should have spared themselves a couple of minutes. Okay, but what if they work for a really, and that's a good point. What if they work for a really oppressive boss who's a micromanager and goes under the line of, if you're on time, you're late and you have to keep this job because while the money might suck, the health benefits, ironically, are actually pretty good. And you were a little late because your kid was sick and throwing up. And you were racing, and you got into a car accident, and you didn't hurt anybody else, but you are now on the brink of death. It's a little different to go personal choices, right? Just something to consider. Um, and again, to throw out the irony of the, the DNA lottery, we have all seen people. I use my brother as a bit of an example. We have all seen people who in so many ways, you look at them and go, how in the world did you make it to 78? Cigars and smoke and alcohol and the only green things you've seen are lettuce on your hamburgers and whatnot. In the same way that some people are just born beautiful, some people have that. Then there's other people who are maybe not like me or maybe they they try to take care of their diet and nutrition and exercise like me. But because of genetics, they're dead before 50. 
It's paradoxical in a lot of ways. It's upsetting. It's maddening. Another thing, um, another line that I remember from um, the former Philadelphia mayor and uh, governor of Pennsylvania for a long time, Ed Rendell. He uh, turned into an Eagles post-game analyst because he was a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. I believe his wife bludgeoned, bullied, shamed him into losing weight. He was a bigger guy. He must have weighed, he was close to 300 pounds, probably like normal height. He was a big guy. Um, When you look at him, you wouldn't go, that man is about to die, but he was a bigger guy. I think his wife said, look around. You don't see many people at your weight who live well into their 80s or 90s. Fair point. And some people will, but it's probably better to watch your diet and swap out a cheesesteak and put a salad in there. So that's just what I was thinking. If we can make small adjustments, especially with the cost of healthcare. Look, I can't do much at all. I tried to meditate. I tried to manage my mind on my own. I need my Wellbutrin and probably the Cymbalta. So it's going to be 30 bucks a month, uh, those two prescriptions for the rest of my life. But maybe you can dodge some blood pressure, heart issues that may or may not be in your genetics by just making a couple of small changes in your diet. I'm not saying cut out like meat right away, but a little bit less. And maybe there's a domino effect. You're like, I can do this. Let me take a little bit more away. And before you know it, you you are saving, you're not spending money that ultimately you might have to because science and medicine won't have to put you back together or medicate you back to life or save your life because you did it on your own by a couple of or many smaller, smarter decisions. It really goes to an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of care. I could have just said that and save you this whole fucking monologue. Please, now, enjoy some time with a friend that we're all going to miss. Someone that truly brought light into people's lives. And everybody says that for so many people that pass away. But absolutely, Jeff was as bright as the sun for people's lives and their happiness. Have a good day. <laughs> I want to be the very best. That no one ever was Catch them is my real test To train them is my cause I will travel across the land Sorry, Jeff. It's okay. I totally understand. I mean, all things it was a generational thing. This was after my time, but I can totally understand you. You better catch up arguing with me. Uh, that that pop culture music <laughs> means that our superhero of pop culture, Jefferson L. McGee, is in the house. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing today? We're much, good, good, good. We're much better today than we were yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was recovery day, correct? Because there was much pride to be had over See, the weekend. Was, he was super recovering. It from... was like hangover central, but I didn't have one. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sluggish and slow and don't want to move. It was, it was just a general lack of energy. Yeah, but it's okay. For sure. It's time to wake up. You know I'm why? Here. You know why? You're here? Because it is school time. Every kid is going back to school and every parent, if they don't want to say it out loud, they'll say it in their mind. They're very happy right now. Because <laughs> they may because trust me, I understand. You love your kids, 
but you also love the fact that you can get a little bit of time away from them every day, and now it can happen again because everybody's going back to school. Let me show you the picture which I retweeted yesterday from our friend Melissa Andrews at WTOL. (laughs) (laughs) She is doing exactly what you described. She is ready. Jumping for joy while her kids are miserable. And yeah, the kids look exactly how I expect. Although, you know, I've, you know, I have a weird thing where my nieces are actually very excited to get back to school. It was, it's strange because, I mean, ultimately, when you live out in the middle of the country like I did, I mean, ult- that's where you saw your friends was at school. You didn't really have a chance to, to hang yep. out with them in, on the playground or anything like that. So ultimately, I can expect that. So, But for this week, as a result of the fact that everybody's going back to school and getting ready for a new semester, we are looking at movies that are set at school. And so ultimately, we're looking for mainly high school. In fact, I don't think I have a <laughs> high school and grade school. I don't think I have a college on here. But uh, we're looking for movies set at the venerable educational institutions of cinema. So we're going to start with number one, please. Uh, hands on buzzers, a- a.k.a. desks. <laughs> I'm 16. Until today, I was homeschooled. Mean girls. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Two words, and you're all set. Mean girls is it? Was obsessed with Lindsay Lohan. Okay, obsessed. And then, and then, as the 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 decade progressed and everything kind of went. When she discovered liquor, I was like, (laughs) pretty much. It's pretty much. It's kind of unfortunate because she was indeed like the it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, individual at that point. The so, Molly Ringworld of my generation. In a lot of ways, although she actually didn't. You know, she, well, no, Molly, Molly Ringworld had a little bit more longevity than she did. Yeah. In a lot of ways, so. All right, so Floyd, one. Eric, you're going to join us here in a little Sit bit. Sit around so. privately <laughs> today. All right, number two on the list, please. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? That is, oh, um, oh, Breakfast Club. Ah, you came so close, but you still got it. That that was the Breakfast Club, speaking of Molly Ringwald, and, you know, basically an entire generation of kids from that, (laughs) of high school kids from that era identified with, like, every character of that movie and basically launched, well, no, it didn't launch him, but I guess, you know, more or less it kind of cemented that John Hughes was going to be the voice of the teenage generation Mm. because I think Breakfast Club came first and then Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Sixteen Candles and a lot of different movies. And then Hughes kind of degraded into doing kid stuff more than anything else. It was around home, when Home Alone became oh, was that one of the biggest... Was that him too? Yep. Yeah, it was when, it, when it became one of the biggest movies of all time. So, Floyd, too. Eric, um, th- there's this thing you do where you hit your hand on the desk. Going to get a lot of rest today. <laughs> <laughs> your hand's going to hurt when you're done with uh, this We'll game, see. Floyd. Number three, please. It is. It wasn't always like this. There was a time when life was a lot less complicated. Can I take your picture for the school paper? Sure. The lab. first Spider-Man. There you go. Very well done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because a lot of that movie was set in high school. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. In fact, I could have gone for the newer ones as well, but I decided yeah. to go for the classic one and so forth. Because people forget, he is named Spider-Man, but he is still very much in high school for most of you know these origin stories mm-hmm. and so forth. And when they keep rebooting him, they keep putting him right back in high school because that's where the character was from. So. Yep. All right. So, Floyd to Eric. Yay! On the board. <laughs> Number four on the list, please. Come on! Dewey Finn would have sold his soul for rock and roll, but nobody was buying. You're an embarrassment. You're out. He's almost famous. Maybe nope. It's time to uh, give up those dreams. Cool. Don't you miss rocking out? You're not a teacher, man. Oh, you You're just talked about this. Incubus from Maggot. We talked about it earlier. Not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a sub. Take it. Soon I'll be a school of rock. Nah. <laughs> 
We were, we talked about it I'm earlier. not giving a point for that one. No, no, because... we, don't have to we, were, we were talking about it. I suggested to come in here with the school movies like School of Rock and other Jack Black garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. School of Rock was awesome. It was. You can say what I could have used Nacho Libre. That was garbage. But I used School of Rock, which was a, which was excellent. So, all right. If you ever want to punish me, make me watch Jack Black movies. Ah, uh, no, hang on. I, I don't even start with that. There are plenty of great. There are plenty of great Jack Black movies. If I, if, if there are there are plenty of gar. If, if I wanted to punish you, I would have gone with Pauly Shore. So I would take Pauly Shore movies. <laughs> oh my God, the Army one. You found the Bio one. Oh, Biodome. Oh, Bio- no, no, no. I cannot go along with that. Okay, so still two to one as you go to number five on the list, please. Girls only want boyfriends who have great skill. You know, like Napoleon Dynamite. Very well done. <laughs> I cannot place that voice as soon as you say, oh, well, man, well, frankly, I mean, he had a run where people tried to plug him into to like commercial movies, but it no. just didn't work because he's no. still, no matter what, John Heater is Napoleon Dynamite, and everybody knows that. So Useless information, he's a twin. So there's really? Two, there's two of them walking around this earth. Can somebody do a, a, a line from that movie, please? Because they're all escaping me now. <laughs> Shut up, Tina, you fat lark. Come get <laughs> <for> dinner. <laughs> You this have is my favorite line ever! There should be a black Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are talking about doing a sequel, so maybe they'll throw that in there. So. You wouldn't even have to change the name. It was it's a just la- Napoleon Dynamite. It was a llama, right? <laughs> yeah, come here, teeny, you fat lard. Go get some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Rico. Yeah. <laughs> and Fonda. All right, so it's two to two now as we go to number six on the list, please. Banners up. Welton Academy for Boys. A school whose rigid school standards ties. are nope. held by every single teacher, except one. Come on, Mr. Overstreet, you twerp. Mr. Anderson, are you a man or an amigo? Oh, this is... developed for one endeavor. That's Rob Williams. It's the My Captain, My Captain movie. Yes, what's it called? Oh, no, the poets, dead poets' sight. There it is. There we go. <laughs> Goodwill, you can Punching. see it being literally pulled out of your rear end. I just but you got it. Because I just saw movie for the first time a few years ago, and I was like, why have I never seen this movie before? <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty big deal back in 1989. Yeah. It was one of the first times that he got nominated for Best Actor as a result. So he did not win until Goodwill Hunting. He didn't win until oh, 1997. Oh, like, Adams? No. Oh, God, no. Oh, dear what Lord. Hook. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's hit the last one. Uh, last one. one who, uh, if you can tie it up, Eric. That's Grease. Yeah, I feel like ties it up. I, I, I knew you we were good. Go I, I knew I was kind of giving you a gimme on that one because you've you. done that before, but there you go. But I had to include Grease. So, Floyd, very well done. Four to two in this one. It was, starting out, it was starting out to be a domination, and then, Eric, you did you did come back very well and tied it up nicely, but then... I would get the superhero one. Yeah, of course, but you, 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 got, you, got, you got Napoleon Dynamite pretty easily as well. You did well, kid. He's his, own, he's his own superhero as long as his superpower is getting people to vote for Pedro. Correct. So, <laughs> and, and his dance moves. Correct. <laughs> so, so, eight forty-two. Say seven. It's seven forty-two in Chicago. It's eight forty-two here where we live in Toledo. What to watch, stream, and download next with Jeff. Q one with the morning reboot how to get the podcast of the show shortly it's eric and floyd q105 our friend jeff and mcg is here we uh we spent like 15 minutes earlier in the show uh, i'm i'm all hyped up for Hunter season <laughs> two uh-huh. i know yeah. that's on the list of things of what to watch yep coming up very shortly here and uh, we also have 
Uh, anybody remember back before Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio basically made every movie together? Their very first one was Gangs of New York back in oh, 2002. With Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm-hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis actually got nominated for an Oscar for that one, and that is now on Netflix. And as mentioned, Mindhunter Season 2. I did not actually watch Season 1, so it, it, I'm assuming it was a, it was a very good show. Or like I, If you like what I like, you'll like it. I understand. <laughs> so, now on Amazon, I also want to point out uh, A Simple Favor, which is a thriller that came out earlier this year. It's a brand new movie with Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, directed by Paul Feig, who also did uh, Bridesmaids and a bunch of movies with Melissa McCarthy, but it's not that kind of movie. It's a very black comedy. It's mainly a thriller based upon a, a famous book. You can check it out right now on Amazon Prime. Also, is this six or seven of Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Fallout? Because it came out last year. I think it's the sixth. Oh, I think it's the sixth. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Is this the Henry Cavill one? I believe so, yes. (laughs) And it's free to watch? It's now free to watch. It will be free to watch on August 23rd. Okay. Uh, that's like arguably like one of the best fight scenes ever. Yeah, pretty much. And, and, the, and, the, and the other thing is that it's interesting that Mission Impossible has kind of graduated into this perennial franchise. But frankly, it's because Tom Cruise doesn't have that many franchises that he can cash right. in on regularly. Although he is catching in again on Top Gun this year, as we all know. But ultimately, you know, he's happy to just keep going back to that well as much as possible until he can scrape the walls dry. Uh, <laughs> also, Jim Gaffigan Quality Time, which is a new series, not a stand-up special. It's a new full-on series from Jim Gaffigan. Uh, so you can check that out on Amazon Prime. On Hulu, we'll give a shout-out to some old favorites. The Terminator, the original Terminator, is up on Hulu right now get ready for the new terminator dark fate coming out this coming christmas season and also throw mama from the train do you remember this one this was with danny devito and billy crystal oh yeah and and the title (laughs) the title perfectly sums up the tone of the movie it's a very dark comedy about a man who tries to convince his friend to kill his mother I, I, i remember it most because it has the old the mean old lady from Goonies yeah, the, as the, the mom. Oh. Yeah, yeah. She actually, again, another Oscar nominee. She, she actually, was the mom? Yep, she actually got Throw nominated. Her. <laughs> she actually got nominated for Best act, for best Supporting Actress for this role, for, for playing me? Mama. Yeah. Okay. It, was a, it was a tremendously fun, dark movie okay. that you really should check it out. Also, Stargate, the original Stargate, all the way back. They never made an actual sequel to that, but of course, we have plenty of exploration of the Stargate universe mm-hmm. from like, like, what, two or three different TV shows as a result mm-hmm. that resulted. Mm-hmm. From that, but the original movie from 1994 is available on Hulu. Uh, and some family movie point, pointing out here. I want to point these out just because the name struck me as being so ridiculous. On Netflix, they have new Kung Fu Magoo. I am not making this up. Do you remember Mr. Magoo? The, the blind con- guy? Yes. Well, apparently they decided he just wasn't marketable enough as Kung himself now. Magoo. So they made Kung Fu Magoo. You can check that there out. There is someone in America who is highly offended by that. <laughs> and we're just giving time, Jeff. Uh, be I, know, I know. But, the, <laughs> but that's on Netflix as we speak. On Amazon, this is a weird one from the mid-90s of comedy called House Arrest. This was a comedy with Jamie Lee Curtis as a, 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 a parent who is locked in their basement by their kids. And so it was. this is in the weird post-Home Alone era mm-hmm. where they were trying all sorts of things where the kids were in charge. And in this case, the parents kidnapped their... The kids were kidnapped by the... You know, parents were kidnapped by their kids, locked in their basement, and the kids ran wild. It was a okay. weird, weird concept. And then this one I had to shout out just because, again, it's such a weird concept on Hulu, Jurassic. Jurassic School, which is a awful, 
awful family family comedy uh, about a kid who basically creates a dinosaur in his school's uh, like science lab, and it's from this is how you know it's quality from the the asylum, the studio that brought you Sharknado, Sharknado two, <laughs> Sharknado three. <laughs> when Sharknado is your biggest and highest quality event, there's a problem with your product. Why is there not a Sharknado musical? Like that's like the next step. I'm pretty sure there will be at some point. But we we need time. We need time for Sharknado to pass into the zeitgeist long enough that people will get nostalgic for it. Oh, right Lord. now, we're just sick of it at this point. So oh, stop. In two years, we'll reboot it. Yeah. <laughs> and last thing, I want to give a shout out to New on Video on Demand this week, The Secret Life of Pets 2, which uh, came out this summer and kind of died at the box so office. That came out quick. Yeah, it came out in the in the mid uh, in the early part of J- July, and it's already yeah. out now. So ultimately, it doesn't have to wait ninety days. Uh, no, no, there's no there's no set in stone okay. idea here. They can rush it out as quickly as they want, but it's just kind of interesting that it just kind of open, closed, and mm-hmm. it's already av- available at this point just because ultimately nobody saw it in the theater. It, it was weird because the first one did so well. There may be, have been a residual, you know, how do I put this? A residual feeling of negativity against it because now, you know, we had to try and ignore the fact that Louis C.K. is no longer as part of this cast for obvious reasons. Yeah. So, so okay. maybe at some level they just decided that, you know, better to just leave it be. 